Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 365, and I am recording during the day, which means the construction that is happening nearby may filter into this podcast. Usually, I record at night to avoid this problem, but uh, today the schedule is such that uh, I got to do it now, and uh, boy, it's some good. T- Can you hear this hammering? Oh no! Of course, it's going to stop when I when I uh, when I play it for you. But it's probably for the best. You don't need to hear that. Anyway, welcome to the blogcast. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis, and uh, I just had a birthday, and so I am older, which is how birthdays work. But I am now in a different decade, so watch out. (laughs) Anyway, uh, today's blog is a little bit about age, a little bit. Um, And uh, it started off about one thing and sort of ended up at another thing entirely, which is funny. Sometimes that happens. So I'm going to make reference to an American politician. Most of my non-American listeners... Uh, are pretty familiar with American politics, but just in case one of you very luckily does not know who Ron DeSantis is, he is, uh, I believe, the governor of Florida and a horror show, uh, a gremlin of a human being, and uh, leaning into some politics that are perhaps the most repugnant around. I don't know if they're the... There's so many repugnant Republicans, I'm not sure how you choose, but he's really, I mean, wow. So just in case you were unaware, he exists and this blog post will make reference to his existence, his unfortunate existence. Anyway, it is called The One Thing I Might Have in Common with Ron DeSantis. There are so many reasons I'm glad to be alive in just this moment. There are abundant stories to read or watch. I can listen to music anywhere I go. Podcasts are a thing. Migraine medicine is really taking giant leaps forward. It is a richer world in terms of diversity and representation. So much progress has been made. But as my 50th birthday looms ahead, I find I am also in a kind of mourning for the world I grew up in. Sometimes I feel as though I've been dropped in a strange future and expected to thrive, when the truth is, this strange world grew up slowly alongside me. I may feel like a stranger in it, but we must have grown into this together. I couldn't tell you exactly what I'm mourning for, Sometimes I think it is just a quiet, internet-free land where I write letters to my friends and family like I used to. Or maybe I'm missing all the older people who were giving the world its flavor as I came into it. Maybe I'm just mourning for Lucille Ball and B. Arthur and Robin Williams and Prince and like Bob Hope and Jerry Lewis even. Aretha Franklin is gone and so is Sammy Davis Jr., We still have Mel Brooks, but we lost Carl Reiner. First, we lost Gilda Radner years ago, but then we lost Gene Wilder, too. I'm just writing names down now as I think of them. The list of extraordinary famous people who were around in my youth and are no longer with us is so long, I can't even begin to imagine how long it might be. 
and we're rapidly losing all of our elders. Three of my closest friends lost a parent in the last year. Very few of my peers still have a grandparent. At some point, we will become the elders, and I am not prepared for it. I listened to a couple of entertainers talk about Burt Reynolds on a podcast the other night, and neither of them had any experience of Burt Reynolds in his prime. But they could recognize the sexiness he'd possessed and how there was nothing like it now. I was never a Reynolds fan, but I lived in the times that loved him, and hearing these two podcasters laud him made me mourn for the loss of the world in which Reynolds was not that unusual. I used to mix him up with other actors all the time. Is this just nostalgia I'm wrestling with? In a way, probably it is. But also, it's a longing for a world that never came to be. I'm not sure the world I imagined when I was a teen would have been any better than this one, but it was very vivid in my imagination, and the fact that it didn't develop that way is somehow a loss. I wonder if some weirdo Republicans feel the same way, and it's why they're fighting so hard against things that have no bearing on their day-to-day lives. They're mourning for their youth when they were unaware of gay people or trans people or drag, and their granddaddy taught them how to shoot a rifle, and they only had to see white people in the places that they went. And maybe the grief for the loss of their youth is so strong, they feel they have to aim it at the people that remind them that the times have changed. Somehow, this helps me have a little compassion for those bozos. When I watch them do their dangerous and violent things, I find it very hard to empathize with anything about them. I don't even want to. But part of what I find so distressing is not being able to understand why anyone could be so hateful. Their grief of the loss of the times before would not, in any way, justify their behavior, but it would explain it a little for me. And maybe it opens a door to helping us understand each other, because I miss Mork and Mindy also. I never watched The A-Team, but I miss having Mr. T in the regular public discourse. Ron DeSantis, who is pulling the most evil stunts, is a few years younger than me, and I feel like I might throw up if I met him. But we did share a moment in history. And it's probable we have some nostalgia for some of the same stuff. We're just dealing with the loss of the world that has changed around us in different ways. I write about it. I cry about it sometimes. Then I celebrate the growing diversity of this beautiful future that is now the present, while DeSantis just tries to kick people back into the 20th century, like way, way back into it, too. At the risk of turning into a Gen X nostalgia page, if I had to talk to Ron DeSantis, I might start by asking him what his favorite shows or toys were when he was a kid. Maybe we could understand each other on this one little thing. Maybe we could connect on the ground of Play-Doh and Slinkies. And maybe I can ask him if he's mourning for the world he grew up in. Note, Days after I wrote this, I saw a reference to some comments DeSantis had made about cartoons in his youth. 
He thinks cartoons had no innuendo when he was a child. I know they did. But that's this nostalgia working. I'm almost positive. He idealizes the cartoons of his youth, even the crappy ones. He's in mourning for his innocence all those years ago and imagining that things were different than they were. I happen to know that Bugs Bunny dressed in drag a lot. So it's not new, dude. You're nostalgic for something you're misremembering. But sorry, sorry, I was trying to connect. I guess I miss watching cartoons on Saturday morning too. I can't remember how much younger than me DeSantis is, but I feel like it's young enough that I could have babysat him. Like, you know, there's a certain period where you're not that much older than your charges when you're babysitting. And I feel like in that period, I, I could have babysat a little snot like this guy. I feel like I maybe did babysit some snot-nosed kids <laughs> that were, like, really noxious and you knew would grow up to be ridiculous Republican politicians. Thank God none of them did. Oh, my goodness. That, that I know of. Anyway... Can someone go back in time, babysit Ron DeSantis, and get his head on straight? Because this, come on, come on, this guy. Oof. Anyway, I did, I did not set out to write a piece about Ron DeSantis. I was really just thinking about, you know, nostalgia and the sort of longing for older times in a weird way and feeling weird about it. Like, actually, the world is better in so many ways. Anyway, and then, and then, and then my brain just was like, well, maybe that's how those weirdos feel. I don't know. Um, in any case, what song I'm g- going to give you here now is a song I've been thinking about for a long time, and I, I've sort of had in my I'm going to do that one day box, um, and it is a Suzanne Vega song called Last Year's Troubles, and it's about that sort of romanticization of the past, how we how we make it prettier and nicer and all of those things. Anyway, so it's, it's actually perfect for this particular post. Interestingly, also, I feel like the last three songs I've done are all really lyric heavy and like uh, fast in terms of getting the words out. It's an interesting trend that seems to be happening right now. Um, this one, not quite as fast. The last one, The Remedy, is that was the, I think, the, the maximum uh, modern major general type lyrical situation. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play that for you in just a minute. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, thank you. That's so cool. Let me know. That'd be very nice. Or you can also write a review, subscribe like in your various podcast apps. Uh, Stitcher is gone, so not in Stitcher. Uh, it's so wild. They, they come, they go, these podcast apps. Um, so yeah, you can do that. Or if you'd like to support the podcast, that would be amazing. We have patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. There's also Kofi. There's PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. I am also on Substack. And uh, we'll be better about posting stuff if I get any paid subscribers there. If not, I might still remain lazy about it. (laughs) 
Because I post these things on so many different places that I sometimes lose track. But if money's involved, I usually don't. So, <laughs> so uh, all, that link is also in the show notes. And uh, I think that is all the things. I thank you mostly for listening. Um, I really appreciate your ears on this situation. And here is Suzanne Vega's Last Year's Troubles. Last year's troubles Last year's troubles Do 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 do
Thank you.